Hello, welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name's Jay Wetter, and our topic today is harvest loss management. With me are Sean Sankel, Kevin Bender, and Angela Brackenreed. All right, so all three of you are growers. Sean and Angela, you are Canola Council agronomy specialists. Kevin, you farm at Bentley, Alberta. And so let's start with you, Sean. Um, when it comes to harvest loss management, what do you do on your farm as a start? Uh, just looking for the, the harvest losses, um, you know, at, uh, at least uh, a few times a season, but ideally it, uh, we like to try and check every field and um, just look behind the combine and see what we've got for a starting point for losses. What do you use for a drop pan? Uh, it started out pretty basic, just um, just a kitchen um, a one foot baking pan, but I got yelled at for uh, re- uh, getting lost out of the kitchen a few times and flattened from being driven over. So now it's uh, a drop pan, actually, that uh, you push a button a little safer and um, a little easier to use. How often do you test? Like I say, we like to try and do it at least uh, once a field. Um, just to get an idea, or if the ch- conditions change a lot from, um, you know, you start on a tough, cool morning and it turns out to be a really dry, hot afternoon and you're breaking the material up a lot more, we'll, we'll give it a shot again then and check it. Angela? Yeah, so I guess um, I've just started farming the last few years. I don't have a really, really good understanding of, of the combine function in, in different settings. So for me, it's really methodical. Um, Checking obviously is the first step, and then when it comes to reducing it, it's kind of one thing at a time because I just I just don't understand the combine all that well yet to to know right away you know where whether it's rotor losses or or losses because of overlo- overloading the sieve. Um, so just checking, changing something if I'm not happy with those losses, um, and then checking again. And I think uh, for my dad and I, it's kind of important that we talk about what's our threshold, what are we willing to accept for losses before we even start checking. So we kind of have a goal in mind. Um, otherwise, you can spend a lot of time trying to reduce it um, if, if you kind of don't have an end goal in mind. What were your losses in 2015? Um, so we like to keep it under a bushel, um, but we've definitely had cases. And I think uh, it seems that the straw conditions are the limiting factor. Um, we definitely have, have had cases where it's uh, up getting close to, to five bushels, and, and sometimes you just can't um, change the settings enough to, to get it to an acceptable level, and sometimes it just means leaving leaving it to cure longer. How about you, Kevin? Well, can I go down a different avenue here? Go for it. One thing we do, which is growing a little bit more, is straight-cutting canola, and we feel we have less losses that way, and in fact, a little bit better yields. We're letting it ripen to maturity. We do lose a little bit, especially on the dividers, because everything's brittle and ripe. And so when the dividers come down on the one side of the header, you know, we we do lose some there. I know swathers do as well. I'm not sure which is more than the other. But I think we get a little bit bigger seeds because we're ripening to maturity. Um, so that that's one avenue. We haven't swathed for 13 years and don't intend to go back. I won't say we never will, but our intention is to keep straight cutting. You make a good point about losses before they even enter the combine, because we, we talk about losses out the back of the combine, mm-hmm. but like you said, there could be header losses, and we, even with the swath crop, just as you're picking up 
that crop, you're shaking it a little mm -hmm. bit. There, if it's really brittle, there could be losses there. Yeah, that's right. I think pickup headers do lose a little bit that way. The swather will shell some out. And with our straight cut headers, we try to keep our reel as high back and slow as possible. And so that we're getting very little to no losses from our reel. And when it comes to losses out the back of the combine, do you check or how do you know? Uh, we do. Not, we're maybe not as refined. We'll often have somebody kind of run back and stick a hand or uh, like a, do something they'll catch a sample with. And they'll um, just, yeah, and we'll just check to see what's, what's coming out the back. A couple of the combines have pretty, pretty good yield loss monitors on them. And so we try to follow those. But there's times where, like Angela said, that uh, we'll, or there's certain thresholds that if it's getting, getting late in the year, there's snow coming or rain coming, you know what, we're going to push a little bit harder because we want to get that in. And even if our losses are a little bit higher, we want to make sure it's all in the bin before it gets under snow or rain. Sean, will you adjust the speed that you combine? Do you think that's a major factor, or what is what? What are the th changes you make uh, to reduce losses? I, I guess it can depend. Um, you know, speed can be part of it. Uh, a lot of times, it's just um, uh, like Angela mentioned, sieve or rotor settings. It just varies so much. Um, Kevin talked about straight cutting. It's a, a completely different plant. Um, you know, the stalks are still green. You don't tend to get as much breakup. I find that it it's. Um, it's sometimes even easier to set in the straight cutting because you just don't get that, that sieve loading as much, as much material um, breaking up from that just dry, brittle material. So yeah. there's there's a lot of different settings, and it's just knowing your own combine where to, to start. It takes a while, that first year, to, to kind of get that handle. Angela, you talked about one bushel per acre being your threshold and you knowing that it can get as high as five. If you think of overall across the prairies, do you have an estimate at, at what losses are like? You know, I would say two to three is probably quite common, um, but I don't have a good handle on, on exactly what it is. When we're talking losses out the back of the combine, there's been some work looking at absolute losses, so environmental shatter, header loss, losses out the back of the combine, and, and they actually found, you know, as quite low under a bushel, which really surprised me, to upwards of 13, 14 bushels, so... And do we know when or under what conditions losses will be high or highest? Well, <clears throat> I could be wrong, but I really think that the straw conditions play a very big factor into the amount of losses you're, you're going to have. Kevin, what do you think? Um, I, I agree quite a bit in part with that. And like she said, some of the losses were quite high when you factor in every aspect. Dr. Neil Harker did some work a few years ago in our area where they did they would take vacuums out and suck up everything off the ground, separate the seed. And it was a lot higher than I expected it to be. I don't remember the numbers, but I'm thinking it was in the 5 to 10 bushel per acre range. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that, it surprised me that it was that high, but that's not just out the back of the combine. That's all types of loss. So again, with um, there, there's also losses, like uh, Angela mentioned too, or lo overloading the sieve. I think we have experienced higher losses when we get more green material because it's heavier and it will oftentimes carry the canola out over the sieve and we have trouble separating it. So the drier it is, generally the better it separates. But um, just as Sean said too, when you get the green stalks, they tend to not break up and so you're not overloading your sieve as much. But it's the things like the little yellow buds, the leaf material, things like that, that can tend to be a little heavier and, and uh, hard to separate. One of the Canola Council of Canada's goals over the next 10 years or so is to 
to capture two bushel per acre gain in harvest losses. Um, so that would be if, if the average is three, then getting it down to one, that kind of thing. If canola is ten, eleven dollars a bushel, that's you know twenty-two bucks um, an acre. So what I'm wondering is, is that enough of an incentive to take a closer look at losses coming out of the back of your combine? Oh, I, I think absolutely. Yeah, if we can, we can improve that somehow. We're if it can be done, let's let's try it. If we don't know, let's let's look at it and see if it'll work. John. Yeah, um, you know it's it, it's time and just uh, taking a bit more time to set that combine for that twenty-two dollars. Uh, not a like a large machinery investment or anything. So I think it's it's definitely worth uh, taking your time and, and trying to save that loss. Angela, is it too much of a hassle to bother with? No, absolutely not. And there's not a lot of things that can get you that return on investment. Um, so I, I absolutely think it's worth spending a little bit of time. I guess um, you know when we talk about the strat plan and and capturing another two bush per acre. It's not just losses out the back of the comb. I think this is really important and it's probably one of the first things I talk about because it's probably the easiest thing. It's kind of like the lowest hanging fruit. With very limited investment you can add add bushels to the bin. Um, but there are other things that we can probably improve. Um, swath timing can can certainly improve. We see people swathing too early every year and all, all across Canada, whether that's um, just not not knowing, not properly assessing seed color change, or whether it's out of logistical necessity, and we know there's likely huge bushels lost there by by swathing too early. So there are a lot of other things that we can look at improving to capture more yield by managing harvest better. Yeah, Kevin, that goes back to your point, right, about the harvest timing, and obviously you're that that you know late as possible when it comes to cutting but you're in your mind that you are saving what could be potential losses just by your timing of your harvest yeah and there there is a flip side too if you leave it too long and you get a big wind come through you can lose some that way as well uh, i know you we've had neighbors that lose swaths in the wind so it, it can go both ways but yeah timing is is fairly critical we usually leave our canola till the end because it takes longer to ripen standing but yeah, you don't want to leave it too late. If it gets really dry and brittle, then wind tends to shell out more. If it's a little bit tougher, it doesn't do that as much. One of the things Les Hill with Pammy said was that, you know, just because a combine, these new modern combines can combine canola at seven miles an hour, doesn't mean you should be going that fast. What do you think? I, I would agree with that because we've seen that too, where it's like, yeah, it's handling it well and we just want to push forward on the lever, but, um, that's without looking at what's going out the back. And if you push too hard, yeah, you're going to start overloading and canola is going to be riding out the back. You talked about some of your combines having better sensors when it comes to loss than others. And there's these, this, this new combine technology coming on, where like smart combines where they can, you know, you, you adjust what you want, which would be like lower losses, and they'll make adjustments on the fly. How much trust or faith do you put in that kind of technology? Well, I'd like to see it, but I'm certainly interested in, in looking at it because I think anything that can make our jobs easier and a little bit more precise, I'd say bring it on. Like I'm, I would welcome that. Again, it, if it says that okay, you got to go slower. There's times where we don't want to go slower, and we've got to weigh out what's what's the lesser of two evils here: leaving some out in the field for some kind of inclement conditions, or throwing a little bit more over and getting it done. And that's, those are decisions that will have to be made ongoing. Kind of a last message for me, Jay, on, on harvest losses. I think 
producers tend to overestimate how difficult this is to check. It's really not that difficult of a process, especially with modern uh, machinery when you can just put the chopper in neutral and lift up the, the spreaders. It's, it's really not that hard to, to check and, and make adjustments. So really, I would encourage people, um, if they're going to do anything next fall that's different, is to start checking and, and try and calibrate their loss monitor. Thank you, Angela, Kevin, and Sean. For more on harvest loss management in canola, go to canolawatch.org and search under the harvest heading for articles. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. I'm Jay Wedder. Thanks for listening.